A hard barrier for me was the fact that I am a high school teacher. And what if my high school students who are awesome and really supportive, but what if they saw me making videos on personal development or money or whatever? Like, what would they say about it, right? And I had a big barrier to get over there because that's not something that your regular teacher would do. Matt Whedon, thank you so much for joining us on the Thoughts on Purpose podcast, mate. I am so grateful to have your company here today. Appreciate that, Nash. I'm excited to be here too. Absolutely. So I was on Matt's podcast just the other week. Matt has a great podcast. I would encourage everyone to check it out, The Greatness Every Day podcast. Matt is a really unique being and I'm excited to dive into this conversation because Matt is building this incredible online movement, The Greatness Every Day movement. But Matt, you're also a school teacher. You've also got your boots on the ground. You're in the real world, some might call it. So I think we can get a, a lot from this. Yeah, so I'm excited to see where this conversation goes for sure. Yeah, me too. Uh, one of the things is with our conversation last time on my podcast, Nash, like you took it some really cool places. So uh, I've gotten a lot of really good feedback. Hopefully I can give your audience, your listeners kind of hopefully the same vibe. I'm sure you will, Matt. I'm sure you will. So Matt, was being a science teacher your dream as a kid? I mean, if we go way back, obviously being Canadian, uh, growing up and playing professional ice hockey. So in playing in the NHL was probably my dream for a while, but yeah, yes. science teacher has always uh, been there. I teach right now, grade 11 and 12 chemistry. Um, mm -hmm. and that has always been an interest of mine. Um, obviously my, my family has had some influence on that. My mom, um, right now works in chemistry at a university. She was a science teacher in like a public school system prior to that. Um, so it's been something that I've grown up around and uh, teaching has been something that I've wanted to do for a long time because the lifestyle has really um, allowed me to do something that I believe is, is purposeful and productive. I'm able to um, love my job, go to work every day, super excited and leave every day, super excited as well. Uh, and then also just um, make an impact in my community. So yeah, I have to say science teacher has always been there. It's always been the consistent one for sure. Okay. That's, that's amazing. And, and, uh, I love hearing how passionate you are about what you do. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Like if more people can allow themselves to, like we spoke about on your podcast, just allow themselves to go after those things that really light them up. Like, you know, you, you see it on your face, you, you like always seem to be glowing with, with enthusiasm for life. I love it. And it shines through all your content. So that's the opportunity everyone has. So I'm excited to talk about how they can do that. Yeah. Not a lot of people like to talk about high school chemistry. It usually brings back like bad experiences and bad memories for them. But for me, yeah. uh, my challenge is to change that for my students. Um, and uh, it's funny getting people's reactions when we, when we do talk about it. Yeah. But isn't it so interesting now because everyone is actually going into the science side of things. Everyone's kind of sick of the surface level information. Everyday people are going, they want to understand the nitty gritties of things. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I'd say because whatever the current topic of the day is or the bigger issue facing society, yeah. um, people want to know why things are happening if it's affecting them in, in a significant way. So I'd say more of our, our surface level things that are happening in our world right now, uh, they're easy to pass by. But when something is, is hugely significant, like we're currently going through and is, mm -hmm. let's say, causing a major disruption for so many people, um, they want to know why. But at the same time, they also want to be able to explain that why to someone, whether or not the source 
that they're using to get their why is correct. Um, everybody has a reason and, and that why is really kind of plays into the whole role of significance is something that I believe. I love that. So actually that, that brings us to an interesting point. How do people get good information? Like as a, someone who's educating, how do people get good information from reliable sources? Like how, what, what advice would you have around that for people? I think that from my experience, it's something that you get good at getting good information the more you do it. So for example, um, I know the first time that I go through and teach my students what a good source is academically. And uh, I know we're going to get into other topics other than just school, but it is kind of a big part of what I do and ties into a lot of meaning here. But when I um, first introduced that, I take them to a website Um, It's like dhmo.org and it talks Mm -hmm. about the dangers of dihydrogen monoxide and it goes on about all this, this scary chemical and it talks about all of these sources and I really sell it to my students and I say, Hey, like, this is really bad. Like, what should we do about dihydrogen monoxide? Um, Should we outlaw it? Should we ban it in in our country or not? Dihydrogen monoxide is essentially water right? The chemical name for water. Okay. So I, I sell okay, it I to them. <laughs> yeah. I sell it to them yep. with the fact of this is the news and this is a good lesson for media news, whatever. And, and I sell it to them as if it's true. And there, it's literally like it describes water perfectly. Um, and, and people are just going through and my students go through, they have a hard time really grasping it. So uh, just consider the source, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, is one of the big things that I say to my students. And, and when I finally reveal it to them that we're talking about water, uh, there's a few mm-hmm. good laughs. And uh, it's a, a pretty important lesson to learn earlier on um, than later on. I love that. What, yeah, it's, it's a fun activity to do. But um, I think it's a type of thing that the more practice you have using good sources, uh, it's something that you can pretty easily identify as you go through. Um, but that is my big thing. Just consider the source. Look at, look, do the background checks. Um, Wikipedia is something that a lot of people don't think is a good source for things. I actually tell my students, it's a great starting point because from there you can get like for something like science or certain um, ideas in personal development, it could actually be a very good starting point to go gleam over it, get the information from, and then go fact check it with the sources that mm-hmm. they're doing. Because some of this stuff is so specialized that um, somebody can't just make it up. Somebody mm-hmm. can't just change the stuff. It doesn't make sense. But if they go down to the bottom, check the footnotes and fact check it and use the actual sources that they're citing, it's a lot better than it at least once was. That's excellent. I find that I find that immensely valuable because I'm always like researching, and so I didn't know this. So thank you very much for sharing that, because um, I I never went to university or anything. College was kind of my highest. Um, we call it college in Australia. I think mm-hmm. I think you like you, like so technical college, like skill based. Uh, yeah. Well, I did that after. Uh, so we have kind of year ten, then eleven and twelve are at what we call college. So probably the grades yeah. you're teaching, and then so I did those, and then after okay. that the, I did other trainings. Um, but yeah, when I had taught, when I taught in Australia, my students, I was teaching grade six at the time, year six, and they were going into their big decision of where do they go to their next Mm. stage. And I remember that's a huge process there. Mm. And there's a lot of pressure. uh, Wow. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. That story you, you, or that, that example you gave of how you educate your students that, um, with that water example, it reminded me of a story in the military. I was 
on me and my platoon, we were, we were lined up in the bush, just sitting neatly in our rows as we did. And we had a sergeant who was explaining grenades to us and he had a real grenade and he somehow did a trick where he swapped it. None of us really noticed, but he pulled the pin <laughs> on it and then rolled it toward us. Yeah. Like all of us sitting on the ground and everyone freaks out, jumps to the side. Amazing. And it was a smoke, so a smoke grenade, but um, oh, okay. just reminded me of that. <laughs> slight, slight, oh, that's good. Sick humor there. Um, just a, a good rule in perception for sure. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. Um, so growing up, like you've obviously been very driven by sports and all that stuff. I'm curious, what's a challenge that you face that not a lot of people know about you because you're a teacher, obviously you're constantly showing up with a, in like a leadership role, but Mm -hmm. what's, what's something that people might not know about Matt? That's a question I've, I've never been asked before. And I'm not surprised that somebody like you, Nash would really go deep with it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that one of the biggest things for me has been I've had to get over complacency mm-hmm. quite a bit for for a few different reasons. But the idea I have not had any big transformational moments that would be a great like magazine headline, like from rags to riches. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the reason that I talk about complacency is because for a very long time. Uh, for years, I, I went through a time of complacency that people probably wouldn't be able to recognize if they if they knew me. Because yeah, I I was able to um, do my job and do it well. I was able to travel the world while doing that job. I was able to um, go ahead and do some of like the sport things that I do and the training that I do. Um, and people might not know that. And, and the reason again, that I do think it is significant because there's so many people out there that are just going through the motions in life that are just fine with the status quo that are, um, just okay with going through another day, like the day before. And for me, I think that that's my story. And when I started to own it, that might be the thing. And when I started to say, Hey, I'm really not happy with just life being okay. I'm really not happy with going through the motions. I want the best uh, and the greatest in terms of whatever I'm talking about, Uh, my finances, in terms of my relationships, in terms of my faith, whatever it is, Mm. that was a big challenge for me. And from people looking at me and seeing me and and how I live my life, like they might not have known that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I totally relate to that, man. I I fully relate to that. Um, How was that showing up for you? Like how as you went throughout your day, for example, like what did that look like for you, for other people who might be going through it and, you know, through your story, we'll be able to recognize it in themselves. Yeah. I think I focused a lot on giving Mm. and I didn't, and serving and I did not prioritize myself Mm -hmm. as much as I should be at least. Mm -hmm. Um, So what that looked like specifically would be, me going to work, really enjoying my time, being super focused and super productive during that time, me going out and doing my sports stuff that I do and doing well and excelling with that and being happy with both of those worlds. But when I got removed from those, it was like, okay, what? I'm just going to go home now and nothing. Like I'm going to wake up, do the exact same thing the next day. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that feeling of more in that questioning my headspace, kind of um, wondering why I was just accepting that. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was, 
um, starting to get frustrated um, at myself more than anything. Like I wasn't frustrated at anyone or any situation, but I was just frustrated for myself that um, I was connected to my family and a few friends. Outside of that, I had lost a lot of those connections. And part of that was because I had, um, after I finished university, uh, I went and I traveled. I was able to work abroad. I was in in Melbourne, Australia, mm. and then in the Caribbean as well wow. um, before coming back to Canada. So in my small town, when I did come back, I struggled to really break that connection in that really had disappeared um, outside of a few solid people, which is very important. Um, but, but greater than that, I just, I knew there was something missing there. Um, and I knew that I wasn't happy with just, uh, going through the motions and mm-hmm. it was just a, an inner feeling that I, that I thought that I had, when I recognized it, it's not like it had been lasting for 10 years, but it, it took two or three years for me to really recognize it fully and act on it. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's huge. Yeah. Um, okay. That's, that's, yeah, again, I can really relate to that so much. So, so in that, in that space, uh, as you were going through that, like what, what happened for you to shift and how did you make a decision that what you're doing now is the right thing to do? Because a lot of people, again, might be experiencing that, but then they're like, what do I do? What do I do? I feel like I'm doing everything. What did that look like for you? Yeah. So that for me was actually, um, about two years ago, it was the end of our summer break. So school where I am in Canada, we go, our summer break is July, August. So we go back to school at the end of August and I was preparing to head back to school uh, again, excited about my job, but, um, I found myself missing, like not as excited to go back to school and not go back to what I do, which really identified as my purpose at that time um, for a few different reasons. Number one is uh, my girlfriend at the time had been, uh, had was leaving Canada, going somewhere else for work. And I was kind of in a, I was just kind of like, well, obviously she's important. I've, I've, I missed her uh, and she was leaving. She left and I was like, okay, well, that's not good. Uh, I wish she was here type thing. Number two, uh, I was out for uh, cycling um, and a truck came within two feet of hitting me. It kind of T-boned. It came to an intersection and it stopped right before it hit me. And I was just like, whoa, I was with another person cycling that day. And I remember both of us, we swerved out and we were like, whoa, what just happened? Thankfully, nothing happened. Um, And all I share that is because that put me into perspective. Those two events combined um, went down the road of me kind of sitting around for a few days and just being like, Oh man, like it's the end of summer. My girlfriend just left and I almost got hit by a truck. Like, Mm. great. What is there? Mm. And then I just said like, Hey, you have so much to be grateful for that didn't happen. You were able to spend the summer with her. Uh, and you're going back to work. You can choose to sit around and and be mopey, which is not my personality at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not that type of person. Yeah, I wouldn't think you can so. choose to sit around for a few days in the, the last week that you have, or you can choose to be grateful for what you've had so far and recognize that you still have time. Um, and you really have a lot to be grateful for. So for me, it kind of spun out of a place of gratitude, which is a place that still exists today. Mm, I love that, man. Isn't it interesting how life sends you these little nudges in those times? Yeah. Well, there's a big nudge because... Yeah, almost, um, almost a big nudge. Those, well, I guess I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think with that moment, 
it spun pretty quick. Like it was yeah. literally uh, uh, the next day. Like when I had that, that idea of gratitude came to me and I'm like, you know what? Like why keep the things that I'm grateful for to myself? Why not share it with anybody or share it with other people? Um, cause I believe gratitude is contagious. And when you spread it with other people, your world is going to be a better place. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started kind of Instagram I started something called gratitude every day, um, which was just a challenge for me to share and document my interesting um, gratitudes and share it with other people Okay, um, that somehow spun to where we are now. But I never felt a small nudge. I felt a big nudge. I didn't know why I should do that. I didn't know why I should start that, but it just felt right. And again, mm-hmm. it wasn't small. It was definitely like, boom, go ahead and do this. There you go. Yeah. That's really interesting. Okay. So we want to get on to like what you're doing now because you've been on this beautiful journey and isn't it interesting? Like I, I really relate to what you were saying before around sometimes you feel that in comparison to other people who've had these big transformational moments, our particular journey hasn't been that significant, but and it can be a real conversation. I, I, I spent a lot of time in that conversation and it was like, no matter what I did or how, or what happened in my life, I'd be like, oh, it's, it's not as, as big as other people are going through. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what, if we've had those big moments, it matters if right now we're doing what we love. If it, you know, we've come to a, a place where we're like, let's step things up. Let's, let's yeah. see how, how far we can go. And so that's, that's what matters. I think that you know, like you said, these, these little things that happened just led you to that. And, and you know, they were perfect. That's all that needed to be for you, which is amazing. Yeah. I think that one of the big things as well is people get stuck on the event or the timing mm-hmm. of things happening. And in my opinion, that stuff doesn't matter. It, the stuff that matters is that it happens mm-hmm. when it happens, how it happens whatever that looks like, that's really what we shouldn't be focused on. Uh, For example, I mean, if we jump it back to an education example, um, a lot of the times people get stuck on what grade they got, right? And this is a whole nother debate for something I don't want to go into. (laughs) Uh, But like so many people focus on the grade and the grade and ability to do something is important, but there are a lot of skills that we have, a lot of lessons and things that we demonstrate that we shouldn't be focused on the grade. We should be focused on, yes, can you do this or can you not do that? And that ties into, uh, again, my story got me here doing what I do through this journey. And that is just as powerful as somebody else with a more transformational and inspiring story to get to the same place because, well, one, uh, it happened. And mm-hmm. two, we're also going to be use our strengths and our stories to impact other people. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And that's interesting hearing about the grades coming from a school teacher as well. That's, that's yeah, I don't, don't want to go down that route. That's a, that's a debate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, you're, it, it's good that you've got that mentality around that because um, it's, it's empowering to know that yeah, someone with your perspective is in that field of education. So I, I love that. There's man. a lot of, there's a lot of people that, that are going, going deep with that one right now. Okay. I'll tell you that. Interesting. <laughs> there you go. Say no more. Um, yeah. So let's, let's get onto your daily habits. Cause I know this is something you love and you are, you're very particular about. So in the past three years, what has been one or two truly transformational habits that you've developed? And then I'd love for you to give us a bit of an insight around how you develop them. 
Okay. Um, journaling, number one, mm-hmm. such a manly thing to say, but journaling has been yeah. something that's super, because like traditionally for me, it's like, I never did a journal. I never had a journal growing up, anything like that, but journaling and more specifically talking about uh, a gratitude journal. I set up a five minute journal. In fact, it's propping up my microphone right now. So I'm talking the Perfect. truth. And uh, a five-minute journal where you go through, you list three things that you're grateful for, three things that you want to have happen that day or would make to that day great, and then an affirmation, and that's how you start your morning. And then at the evening, uh, three amazing things that happened, and then one thing that you would have done differently. Mm-hmm. So just the ability to check in with myself and set the intentions and expectations for the day, starting with gratitude and then going in to do that. Uh, and then giving yourself a confidence boost with that. Um, going in and starting your day that way is really important. It's very crucial to what I do. Um, mm-hmm. And then being able to check what happened throughout your day at the nighttime section of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the part I like the most is really being able to say, okay, this is what happened today. Great. But take it one step further. What could have you done differently? What could, it, could you have done differently to make it even better? Uh, so it's just that focus of always improving. Um, and I'm a big, big person that really pushes those 1% gains. So small changes that you can make that really sure. produce a bigger result, compounding interest, right? Compounding mm-hmm. events. Yes, It's a beautiful thing when you look at it on a graph and you apply it to habits or you apply it to a business or whatever. Um, yes. that's, that's the stuff that I geek out about for sure. I love that. Um, so that's number one. Is that good? Number two though, is kind of tied into it. Um, it'd have to be Robin Sharma's power hour, if you know mm. of that. Mm-hmm. So what he does is in his book, the 5am club and some of his other teachings, uh, he goes through and he talks about how he starts his day with his power hour. And it really primes his body, his mind, um, his emotional state to get ready for the day ahead, whatever mm-hmm. happens. And it's something that I've borrowed. Um, and I will preach to the day I die because it is something that has really, for me, been one of those things that has been a game changer. And I know you wake up super early. Uh, it's crazy in my opinion. Uh, I wake up at 5am. Um, I did that for a while. Um, I'm not doing that right now, obviously because of work and coaching. Uh, it doesn't work for me when we have calls. Um, yes, but, but the, the power hour consists of three 20 minute sections. The first one is movement. So a high intensity, uh, interval. So the first one's movement. And I will say that those 20 minutes, I like to do longer. Um, but when I am working and, and I time crunched, split it up to this, obviously getting your body ready the next hour or the next 20 minutes, um, per se is the reflection piece. And for me, that looks like three main things, um, prayer. And then after that gratitude journal, um, and then after that you can go through and what I do is I look at my values, intentions, and stretch goals every single morning. Uh, And that's what kind of guides me throughout my day. Um, And it also is a really good way for me to assess at the end of the day, whether I was living those out or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the third piece to that power hour after movement, reflection, you have learning. So you're priming Mm -hmm. your brain, getting ready, um, learning something new, whether it's a language, whether it's listening to a podcast, reading a book, watching a video, having a conversation with someone, the power hour is such a game changer. Whether you do it at 5am, something like 3.30, like you some days or like 10am, it doesn't matter, but it's a great Mm -hmm. way to start your day. Oh, mate, I, I love both of those. Like I, and mm-hmm. I do, them. I, I live and breathe them as well. I know they work and I, I yeah, educate yep. all my students on similar things. Mm-hmm. Game changing stuff, game changing. So yep. how have you gone about 
like when you when it comes to developing a new habit, what's your process? Because you, you mentioned um, 5% wins, so you, you start small, that's one. Yeah, start small. Um, another thing is it's so easy to get overwhelmed in our world with all the th- priorities that people have. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that being said, this situation we're in right now where we might have a little bit more time on our hands, mm-hmm. um, we might be stuck in our homes a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, is a great time to work on those things. But what I do like to do typically is like habit stacking right? Where you're able to one, take a habit when you're competent and you develop that in stack another one. Um, but the biggest thing for me is experimentation. Uh, I guess it comes naturally as a science teacher to me, Uh, but it is something that I do enjoy kind of tweaking the, the power hour or whatever you're talking about. Um, and just experimenting and seeing how I feel and checking in and seeing if I'm getting results regularly when I do make changes like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, if you look to the legends, um, the people that are really kind of, um, pushing this stuff and, and getting results from it kind of beg, borrow and steal, right. So like take what they're doing, uh, and tweak it to your own. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so what's, what's your benchmark? Like, what are you going for? How are you measuring everything? So are you going for increased energy? Are you going for mm-hmm. better focus? How do you measure those things and how do you tweak them? Yeah, I think energy is the Mm. big thing for me because obviously there's three currencies in life, time, money, and energy. Mm. A lot of people think the only currency we're talking about is money. Um, And I think the most important of those is probably energy. Um, So that's something that for me, I've really been able to focus in on and say, like the last few weeks between um, going back to work from a new working from home currently, um, to going ahead and doing some coaching and building up my own projects and everything. Uh, like it's been a whirlwind, but at the same time, it's been something that I've been able to do sustainably because I'm prioritizing the habits that I have. Um, and I'm measuring that by getting the results that I'm getting where I'm excited when I wake up and go to bed about what I'm working on. And in fact, I'm probably, I probably should be going to bed earlier um, because I get stuck in this zone where I'm going, going through things and uh, I want to just keep working, but I have prioritized. That's one of the things I'm doing right now, prioritizing sleep, uh, mm-hmm. tracking that pretty uh, specifically as well, um, just to make sure that what I'm doing is sustainable because mm-hmm. I'm in it for the long term. Like, absolutely. I'm not in it for a short couple of weeks sprint. Um I'm in it for the long term, and and really, if if I'm being aware, um, I have to be able to do something that is sustainable to keep that long lasting energy going. I love that. I love that perspective. Actually, if more people just ask themselves, "Am I here to dabble in this, or am I here for the long term?" When yeah. it comes to their habits, because I see a lot of people like you, we see the health kicks, we see people learning, do, doing a quick meditation course, and they're expecting their life to get better from that. Mm-hmm. Quite often on coaching calls, I get people where they come on the call and they're like, oh, fix me sort of thing. It's like, yeah. this is the process. Uh, an example I shared with a gentleman yesterday, he was like, when will this um, annoying negative pattern I, I, of thinking go away? And I was like, how long have you had it? He's like, since I was about <laughs> four. He was in his almost 60s. I was like, oh, what about if I just asked you all of a sudden to unlearn how to walk? Just, mm-hmm. just unlearn that for me, would you? He was like, oh, it's just impossible. I was like, well, you, yeah, because you've done it for so long. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, so that's the mentality we need, to, we need to have here. You can learn and whatever you do consistently will become so natural to you. 
be in it for the long term. I love what you said there, man. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that because it all comes down to your why. It all comes down to the process. And a lot of people, they just want that instant gratification uh, of whatever it is, whatever they're trying to do. And instant gratification isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's not purposeful. It's not anything that I want to be around for a lot, at least. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's just a little bit, a little bit about that. I love that. And it's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. Incorporating these habits in your life is an opportunity we have. It's, I know it seems like, oh, I have to go and start running. No, you get to start running. You get to start exercising. You get to start doing the morning routine like Matt's laid out. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity we all have. Yeah. Um, so when you stepped into your business, Matt, when you moved to this, you call it gratitude every day. Yep. How did you, because often when people go from one career or one way of being to a new way of being they can they can meet some friction did you have any of that from people around you or with yourself the identity shift so i yeah so gratitude every day uh lasted for a couple months it really started the instagram page with just a daily upload where i didn't reveal myself i just put it out there and then i noticed that it started to grow and i got some feedback and people followed it that knew me but didn't know i was doing it so at first I put it out there and that kind of validated it for me in terms of the fact that people were actually liking it and getting good messages from it. And they didn't follow it just because it was me. Right. Um, so that's something that I went through. I started a podcast and then, um, I just understood that I like to talk about things more than gratitude, which is still something I talk about quite a bit, but there were other interests that I had to talk about and I wanted to teach and learn about. So that spawned into the greatness every day, which is essentially my challenge to myself to live my greatest life. And why do this alone? Why not create a community of people that want to do the exact same thing? So a lot of the things that I talk about are things that I'm learning uh, or that I have experience in, or I'm seeing people go through in my life that I want to challenge other people with as well. Mm -hmm. So when I started it, I was pretty open with like my friends and family. I was like, Hey, I'm going to go do this thing. I started it. Here it is. And they're just kind of like, okay. I'm just like, I just feel like I should, I feel like it's going to be something that uh, is going to be something that's going to benefit me. And they're just kind of like, okay, whatever. This is what Matt's doing. Big whoop. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So I didn't get any challenge from that way. A hard barrier for me was the fact that I am a high school teacher And what if my high school students who are awesome and really supportive, but what if they saw me making videos on personal development or money or whatever? Um, Like, what would they say about it? Right. And I had a big barrier to get over there because that's not something that your regular teacher would do. And that was something that when I did get over, I was like, yeah, they don't even care anyway, but they're excited when they see some of this stuff. Uh, if they stumble upon it, but I was putting up these barriers that, that, that weren't even there. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was like, they were just fake. They were fake. And now that I've moved past that, that's opened up so many other things to move past as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, I was making a big issue of something that didn't even matter. Mm -hmm. So that was a barrier. And the time, obviously the time for me as balancing my personal life with my work life and the coaching that I do that was a big challenge for me, but it's something that we were talking to. Uh, I was talking to a, a client yesterday and I was saying to her, like, she was kind of wondering about when to make that jump. And I'm like, that's not anything I can say for you. But for me, I worked hard for two years 
to just learn, learn skills, learn content, learn processes. And I said, before I started, I'm not even going to monetize what I do for the first two years. Mm-hmm. So I've recently just monetized in terms of turning it into a business mm-hmm. um, at the like just at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been very good for me so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hard thing for me was just kind of understanding, again, it comes back to that process of how things are and the fact that I have all these other things that I want, that I have to do, but I get to do this thing, as you were talking about before, Nash, and, and our language is so important. Mm-hmm. I have my job that I have to do and I have to do my own training and everything, but I get in my spare time. And I say spare time because I don't spend spare time on this, mm-hmm. um, but I get to work until 11 o'clock every night on this because I want to, because I'm excited, because I see the potential, because I see the growth that I get and others get out of it. Um, so now, um, even in the last month, I've got a lot of um, people reaching out to me that, that know me or have kind of been watching from the sidelines and they're curious to know uh, a little bit more, which is cool for mm-hmm. um, just their own growth or for the potential of starting a business on their own uh, or another reason. So that's been neat. Very, very good. I love that, man. It, it kind of happens eventually because I think we're all drawn to inspiring people. We're all, all driven. We're all drawn to, like, you know, we see it around the world. People are drawn to these these monuments and these these works of human, um, what would you call it? Achievement. Human, yeah, achievement. Perfect. Um, because it, it's like an old friend. That's, this is what I say to people. It's like we recognize it and we're like, oh, what is that? I, I, I recognize them from somewhere. It's because it's actually inside of you. I really believe yep. this. And it kind of, it lures you in. So even though at first for anyone who's, who's stepping up and doing new things, you can hit a bit of friction at first. And, you know, the people who are meant to be, there will be there. But yep. just know that greatness attracts greatness and you will attract the people you need for your next level. It always happens. And uh, it's, it's, if you wait for other people's approval before you step into that greatness, you'll be waiting a very long time to step up and you'll draw it in. I really believe that. Yeah, that that ties into my whole story of the issue that I got over and overcame was complacency because life was pretty good. I mean, I had family that loved me and I had friends um, and I was good at sports and I was smart and all of those things. I don't take that for granted at all, uh, but really kind of owning my story and saying, hey, if I want to create whatever that story is, if I want to create a business that allows me to uh, be happier and more fulfilled and help other people and, and live within my values, then I'm going to go do that. And that is great. That's, that's something I should be able to do and prioritize myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been the big thing for me. And like you said, the, the, the people that are in your story, they're going to show up when they need to be. The experience has proven that for me. That's all I can say. Yep. We're good. Yeah. Amazing, brother. So let's, um, we could chat for hours. I know we'd, we'd spend all day chatting if you wanted to, but both of us yeah. actually need to jump on a coaching call with a group we're supporting. Um, let's talk about finances quickly because this is something I've never spoken about on my podcast. Um, all right. So my question for you is saving versus investing. We always hear about saving, saving, saving. When do you go from saving to investing? Like when is the right time? When, how much do you need, for example? Is there a dollar figure? Yeah. Well, this is a topic that I have in the past few years really become interested in. Mm -hmm. And again, out of looking at 
how to live a great life and what that actually means. One of my areas was money that I really felt like I should be going in on. Because again, that idea of complacency, I had money sitting in a bank account, but it wasn't doing anything. It wasn't working for me. Um, so I really went in on that. So saving and investing is something that one, I learned how to invest properly. And I spent a, a lot of time practicing and investing before I actually went out and put a lot of money into a market. Mm-hmm. For example, um, I've for the last two years, I've been talking about, I know a recession is going to happen just by looking back at data and data can tell us that every seven years, a recession happens. And it had been like 12 to 13 years since our previous one. And officially by definition, we're not in a recession yet until we have two negative quarters, but time will tell if that happens. Uh-huh. Um, regardless, there's been a, a great economic dip. So what I was able to do because I took a lot of time to learn and I have a process that I I recommend to people and I'll never tell anybody how to invest. It's their money. I'm not a professional financial financial advisor, but what I do focus on is the mindset and the strategy involved in investing, just doing research and learning. Investing is such a great tool. Um, Anytime, I really believe if you protect yourself well, if you diversify well. But one of the cool things I've been doing is, yes, I've invested in the stock market when we've had this crash in the last little bit. And I had cash waiting to do that, to take advantage of the time. But spare change investing is something. So you can literally invest your spare change. And uh, there are tons of apps out there. One thing that I started about a month ago uh, is with an app on my phone that I've connected to my debit and credit card. So when I spend, let's say, $7.40 on, I don't know what costs that, a sandwich, a sub, something like that. Mm -hmm. It takes the remaining 60 cents and it rounds it up to a dollar and it takes that 60 cents and it's going to invest it for you. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do anything. I've Mm -hmm. already set up with this app kind of um, investments that I feel represent who I am and would be okay putting my money in. Um, And it goes ahead and puts it into the best, we'll say ETFs, which are a combination of a bunch of different stocks, a way to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over the course of a week, maybe let's say um, I have 10 bucks that I've spent that have been rounded up on a bunch of different purchases. It invests at $10. So, I mean, yeah, I've invested quite a bit lately, but this is probably the most interesting experiment that I have going on right now, just investing my spare change and seeing year after year uh, how it grows. I love that. I love that. So, as far as making this really tactical for people, would you say that they should maybe have like a, a savings account where they're putting, say, a percentage of their wage each week away mm-hmm. and then they have a little dabbling account? Is that how it should work, do you reckon? Yeah. So for me, what I do is I have two bank accounts. One is from an old time ago that I just use for like a savings that I don't touch, like yep. an emergency fund, basically. Mm-hmm. And I have a checking account, which to be honest, I don't spend Uh, I don't even touch at all because what I do is traditionally I spend the majority, like 99% of my purchases through my credit card because I get rewards points. And then I just pay my credit card off in full every month. But that is dangerous for some people knowing Mm -hmm. their money habits. That works for me. But with that checking account and then a savings account, what I do is I have an automatic deposit. So what I do is I invest 10% of every paycheck. Um, it goes into my investment account. Even if I don't buy anything, it's still there for when there's a dip, I can buy something. That's something that I like, automatic deposits. That's something there. I also like having a little bit of spare change or a lot of spare change there in case you really want to 
take advantage of a dip when you see one. Yeah. And that's kind of how I, I do my investing. Um, but, li- but literally you can get started right away. That's amazing. And you've obviously, I, I saw you've just uploaded a new video on your YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. It was around Warren Buffett's strategies. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I, t- I have talked about some of Buffett's as well. The one that just came out today was on Ray Dalio, who's Ray another, Dalio. I call them legend of investing. For sure. um, and he talks about an all weather portfolio. So he revealed to Tony Robbins what his all weather portfolio is, which is amazing because it uh, protects you in really any sort of economic environment. So if it's a, a bull market and things are going really, really well, you're able to make money. If it's a bear market or a recession and things aren't going well, um, you're able to lose very, very little in comparison to like an index or a regular fund and portfolio would be. So it, the reason being is it diversifies into stocks and bonds and commodities and precious metals like gold. Um, it really protects yourself very well and is something that for me, to be completely honest, I've gone into individual stocks. I've gone into some ETFs which, which purchase a diversification of things, yep. but most of my money is in stocks or even like higher risk investment um, with like cryptocurrencies, but I haven't been in that for a few years. I, I got in a long time ago and that was my introduction to investing, which probably is not a good way to start out. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I just got in at a good time that kind of piqued my interest. I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard amazing things about uh, Tony Robbins' book, that he did with Ray Dalio's information. What was that? Unshakable, I believe. Yeah, Unshakable's yep. one, and then um, there's another one that they they combine quite a bit. But there he talks a lot about the game as well. I think as well. Yes, yeah, yes. that was it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They talk quite a bit about index funds and and a good way to protect your your money, basically. I love it, and I, it brings to mind that quote from Zig Ziglar. He said, "Money's not everything, but it ranks right up there with oxygen." Um, <laughs> and you know, it's one of those things, a lot of people cringe around the, the fact of, or, or the topic of money, but it is an integral part of life. It is, it is means for exchange of value. That's what it is. Um, I, I once heard that the very word capital came from, I think, I believe it was the word kaput, which means the head of the cow, because that's in the, <laughs> back, back in the day, they used to trade cows and they then thought they had to get a bit more efficient. And so that's how they Amazing. used to trade. It was an exchange of value. So yeah, yeah I, I find this really interesting. And there's not a single hospital out there that hasn't been built without money. Yeah. Um, if money isn't in your hands, then it could be in the hands of someone else who's not doing as good as you could do with that money. So right. I, I love that you've had this conversation. Yeah, I appreciate that, Nash. And I think that the biggest reason that money's become an area of pretty intense focus for me isn't at a place of lack or abundance. It's just come again from... A, that place of complacency and saying like, how can I better use my money to be aligned with what I want to do with my life? And that's really yeah. been the big thing. Uh, it's yeah. been a fun journey for sure. Hopefully yeah. a, a good one going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I love the idea of making investing fun. That, that was a really good takeaway for me there. Um, okay. Nice. We, we have to wind this up, brother, but let's talk about yeah. quickly. This is a question I ask all of my guests. Imagine you got access to the back end of Facebook, YouTube, all the major sites in the world right now, major platforms, and you were able to share a message that would get transferred across all of them. You had one minute. What would you tell people? No pressure. I tell people that they are loved and they are good at what they do because one of the biggest things, and it wouldn't be much more than that. It would, it would say that 
short and sweet uh, and to the point because I'm talking to a lot of people right now that really do not see that or they are scared or worried about what's to come. And if they were able to just tune out the noise and they were able to just focus in on their present reality, um, they'd be in a much better spot Mm -hmm. in so many ways. So Mm -hmm. that is what I would tell them because it's, it's amazing to me. Young people need to hear it. Old people need to hear it. People Mm -hmm. of every gender need to hear it. People from every country need to hear it. And it's just not that connection as a, as a culture, society, whatever. Um, there's something missing there. And hopefully out of this experience, one of those things that, that we've been had taken away from us for a lot of people is not taking that connection for granted. Mm-hmm. So that's a big I thing that, that I'd say for short sure. and sweet and to the yeah. point, but important for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I, I absolutely agree with that. People are, are enough. They are, they, uh, yeah. the essence of being here means that you are, you ticked all the boxes, which is a bit of a deep mm-hmm. idea, but that's a, that's a fact of the matter. Yeah. And, and, and people just don't think that they deserve uh, to live a great life or mm-hmm. don't deserve what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole other conversation of deserving and self-love and the stories we tell ourselves, but uh, mm-hmm. that's a good one. <laughs> I love it, brother. Where can people find you? What's the best place for them to get behind your work? Yeah, I appreciate that. The best place probably would be to go on YouTube. That's the main platform that I have. Just yep. type in um, greatness every day uh, or Matt Wheaton, and that would probably come up. Um, our website's gr8nesseveryday.com and obviously Instagram, podcast, all those other places, but YouTube preferably. Beautiful. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today, man. I, I really just, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I know we could talk for hours, but um, yeah, we were, I'm gonna, we've both got to get on this other call. So thanks for being here, brother. Keep up your incredible work. Um, any final words to, to the viewers or listeners? I just appreciate it, Nash. It is good to really just sit down and talk because our experiences so far have been um, through being students together and also supporting in a coaching role together. Um, and we've had a few interactions like this, but mm-hmm. everyone gets better and better, I think. So sure. it's exciting. I'm glad. I appreciate you. I appreciate people listening. People have questions. Please, please reach out and be happy to talk to you. I love it. Matt, thanks so much, brother. Thanks, Nash.